Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Backpack Broadcasting continues to bring you the best original sports content, but now you can get more of the content you love. For as little as $3 a month, you can get access to bonus content, including behind-the-scenes footage and interviews from the Sports Walk, Sideline Stories, or the Ain't Hard to Tell podcast. All this exclusive content comes via Patreon. There are tiered levels of patronage, and each Backpack Broadcasting patron receives exclusive perks. Your support helps Backpack Broadcasting create more of the original content that you love. Visit Backpack Broadcasting's Patreon page and become patreon today What's good, everybody? Dexter Henry, Brian Fonseca here. Ain't Hard to Tell podcast, episode 227, coming to you live. It's been a while since we talked to everybody. Brian's been busy uh, mourning his heat being uh, out of the playoffs and then not winning the championship. So, you know, he's crying some tears from that. I was doing a little traveling, was out on the West Coast for a bit, came back. Uh, Brian, how you doing, man? We're gonna get we're gonna get to who was uh, upset in a second because of the draft last night. Things <laughs> that went down. Why do you think I would be upset? It's, a, it's I don't carry around angry energy. I'm not upset. We'll get to it in a second. Oh, I think oh, confused oh. might be more of the word you're looking for. Well, and we will get to who the Heat drafted at some point in the show. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay, okay. I see what you did there. I am upset about that. Yeah, I'm upset so, about that. But. We'll get to I, it. I will say to people watching and people who will watch this, like we're, you know, not being negligent or whatever the case may be, but we're obviously, you know, with things going on regarding Roe v. Wade, et cetera, et cetera. We are going to try and talk about this, but just know that we're not ignoring that. Um, And I posted some stuff that you can try to like look at that should be helpful in terms of combating that because we're going through some tough times in America right now. But we're going to try to stick to some basketball here because a lot of shit happened yesterday with the NBA draft. Dex, um, we were both working a lot. You were working all night doing yep. the SNY New York host shit, covering it from that perspective. I was hosting FanDuel's NBA draft live stream. Then I hopped on the Five Reasons one for a little bit after. Uh, got there in time to see the heat pick and our reaction was just posted. And um, a lot of fun stuff. A lot of fun content coming out. We've been busy, but we're here and I'm looking forward to a great show because our guys are back. We're yes. going to talk about some NBA. Yes, guys are back. Uh, both of these guys came on with me, held it down, uh, you know, on New York Post, SNY, uh, stuff for me to talk about the draft. And I'll have to tell our first guest, which was Gerard Hector. Gerard and I were in, I don't want to say a pickle, but it was a very interesting, fluid situation because Gerard and I were supposed to talk about a look at all the lottery picks, and then that switch, we need to talk about the Knicks, 
and we'll get to that. And Gerard, it was last minute, but Gerard and I, we got we got it done. Gerard Hector of True Hoop Seven Footers Podcast, he's with us here. Gerard, what's up, man? I'm chilling. I, I want to read something to you real quick. I don't know if you saw the statement from Leon Rose, next president. Wait, they actually talked. Yeah, well, when, hold, hold, hold on, hold <laughs> on. Last night or just now? Uh, just now. Coming hold out. on. Before we do that, let us introduce our other guest, my man, the Black Atologist Jamal Murphy, who came with me on SMI the Post last night to talk about the top three picks. He also did a dope video with me last Sunday about Juneteenth. Murph, what's up, man? How you doing? What up? What up? Glad to be here. Of course. Nice. I like it. Now, I would talk. I'm wearing the Knicks shirt, and I'm not sure how much longer I might be wearing a shirt like this. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> but the Knicks did a lot last night. We'll get to that. But Gerard has some breaking news for us. And Leon Rose actually spoke in a Le- statement. Le- Leon Rose released a statement. Knicks president. Last night, we made three trades involving draft picks, which resulted in increased financial flexibility and additional draft capital moving forward. We now have a total of 22 picks, 11 in the first round and 11 in the second round over the next seven years. We have the ability to be active in free agency as well as in the trade market. Our focus will remain to be strategic and thoughtful in our team building, doing it the right way, while feeding off of the momentum from the end of last season and prioritizing our player development program. Thank you, Knicks fans, for your continued support. I mean, as as a Knicks fan, I I mean, you got to feel great when you hear that. Dex, I, I I don't think it's that bad. I, if I mean, it, forever who's it, just listening to this and catching the audio later, bad. Dex is just staring into his camera. Very, it, it, very it isn't that bad. Look, I, I will say he this. wants to rip off his shirt like Bam Adebayo at the end of Game Seven. Twenty-two. But by the way, you know how much strength you have to have to rip an NBA jersey? <laughs> like that's just all right. Shout out to Bam. So twenty-two picks in seven years. That is a lot of capital. Now you have to turn that into something. Yes, I realize that. But 11 first rounders, 11 second rounders, that's good. Of course, some of them got protections on them, all that. We know, whatever. You cleared up some cap space for some flexibility. So we're going to talk about who you're going after because I got some thoughts about that. The part that makes me interested, if I'm a Knicks fan, is continue to focus on our player development program. Uh, if it was a press conference, uh, follow up, excuse me, Mr. Rose, by player development, what exactly do you mean? Because R.J. Barrett has regressed in his development year over year. Uh, I don't think he did last year. Yeah, he wasn't as good. He, 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 he wasn't as good at the end of last year as he was. He picked it up the, toward the, the end. end. Yeah, no, I he picked it but up toward the last few months. Not where he should be for year three in his career, right? He should be doing a little bit more of this, and it was kind of like, Wah. Obi Toppin, uh, I see flashes of brilliance from this guy, but how come he don't ever get on the floor? What is his player development profile and program like? Quentin Grimes, Sims, Quigley, the list goes on. Cam Reddish, you did all this work to get Cam Reddish. What's up with that guy? Well, he got hurt. I mean, to be but fair. If, that. My, my point being, I would want to ask Leon, tell me more about your player development program. Because I have questions. I think that's fair. Um, I think, that, look. There's part of I'm trying to catch my words here. <laughs> There's part of me that's like, this is what you want to hear from the team. You want to hear about the player development. You want to hear that this is what they committed. And if they're, I'm going to save this for a little bit later. If this is what they're focused on, then that's it. Um, that's cool. If this is what they're focused on. And if this is what they're trying to do, shed salary, and necessarily get to a place where they can just play the young kids. 
I'm with that. I'm fine for that. If this is same old Knicks, and they're just trying to chase name free agents that don't fit, I'm not with it. That's what it comes down to for me. That's really what it comes down to for me. I don't know how y'all feel about it. We can, we'll get to that more a little bit later. That's really what it feels comes down to for me. I mean, like, but Gerard, the thing is, do you believe that? Like, that, that's really what it comes down to. You talked about asking the questions, and I'm in agreement with you, which is a fair question to ask, but do you believe that they no. are going to have the and the fact that I don't believe it is because you did a statement. You didn't even hold a press conference. A statement. I mean, what, 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 what are we actually doing here? So, so uh, you know, uh, look, if I was a Knicks fan, I would feel some kind of way. Luckily for me, I am not. So, what it is. Yeah, well, I, I think the other thing, too, is like, you know, there's a lot going on in terms of the Knicks and how they've been able to allow access in, in terms of being having Rose speak. We haven't heard anything from Rose. And this statement tells me they know they were getting ripped in the media, that they didn't have any any talks. They were supposed to have availability uh, today, and I don't think that happened at all, right? Most people are able to talk to the GMs or the owners about the picks after that. That didn't happen at all. So, yeah, what's who knows what's going on with the Knicks? We apologize for any of the background noise you might have heard. We're not going to say who it was. <laughs> I was dying. I was like, oh. <laughs> that was not that was not part of the part of the program. Uh, but we're we're gonna get to the Knicks and that statement. By the yeah, way, yeah, I, I just had to put that out because it, it just no, it just popped to, out. So I was like, we gotta yeah. we gotta you know address it. Yeah, we'll, we'll 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 get to it. Uh, I want to start at the top of the draft last night, right? Um, because it was interesting. Because this also affected a video Murph and I did to take people behind the scenes. We had seen Woj tweet out early that it was going to be. Uh, you know, Jabari Smith, uh, then it was be Chet Holmgren and Paolo Bancaro going one, two, three in that order. Obviously, that didn't happen. Paolo Bancaro went first, and then Jabari went third. So that changed some things around with something uh, Murph and I was going to do. But um, were, is anybody sh- shocked? I know, Murph, you told me last night you weren't shocked about Paolo going uh, number one, and you think that he is a good fit with the Magic, correct? Yeah, I, I don't know about the fit. I thought maybe Smith is a better fit. But in terms of talent-wise and those three guys, I thought it was close. It could have went either way. You're kind of splitting hairs in terms of the potential of all three, except I, I think Chet by far to me personally has the most potential. Uh, but, you know, I thought all three were worthy of, of being considered for the number one pick. So it's not shocking that any three of them would be picked. But the fit is something different. But, I mean, you could always make room for certain guys, so we'll see. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Brian, did you, uh, because you know, you were doing a live draft show last night. Did you like this pick for Orlando? It was surprising to me because all the intel for, I guess, six weeks or so prior was that Paolo was not going to go number one, that it was more of a race between Jabari and Chet Holmgren at some point, and then Paolo ended up sneaking up in there, especially in the last 48 hours. So, to me, it was pretty surprising because all along, I expected Orlando to go with uh, Chet Holmgren or Jabari Smith. And then it looked like Chet Holmgren was going to go number three. And then, in fact, he did. Uh, no, he went number two. And then it looked, two. and then Jabari all of a sudden went number three. And that was something that was surprising to me because to me, the safest guy was Jabari Smith at number one. I think it's hair splitting. I think it's all based off of preference or whatever the case may be. Me personally, I would have taken Jabari number one overall because I like his upside as sort of a 
Rashard Lewis on offense, a Jared Jackson Jr. type on defense, I think. He can blend a little bit of that. Um, he's kind of what you would want in a four nowadays. And But I think all three guys are great, and I think you know Jaden Ivey is good too. Like It's rare that we have three prospects where I'm like, yeah, I could see them all. I mean, four prospects where I'm like, yeah, I could see them all being very good. But Paolo going number one was shocking. And to see the odds sort of shift like that in the 48 hours leading up to it, I think was pretty informative, evidently. So, yeah, yeah. It, it really was. What what did you make of this, uh, Gerard, in, in terms of that pick? First, shouts to Brian for shouting out my guy, Trip. Um, you know, look, I, I, for me, I was a little bit – not surprised the wrong word because I think you could have gone – I was fine with either one of them going number one. So it, it didn't matter to me in that sense who went number one. What I thought was more interesting was Orlando playing their – holding their cards close to the vest, right? Everybody was like, oh, they're getting they're taking Jabari, who I would have taken Jabari first too. But Paolo, Paolo is I, – I understand that pick. It's like, as I said, either one of them could have gone first, either one of the three. But they kept the, their, their, their cards close to the chest, so much so that Jabari was a little sad and a little messed up when he was like, okay, uh, you know, Paolo went first. Wait, now I'm going next. Wait, then Chet? And you could tell Jabari was like, what the fuck is going on? And it wasn't until he got the calls we saw on the on the on the on the broadcast. He got the phone call, and you knew it was Houston. But and it, no one's anything, but you can just tell because all of a sudden his countenance changed. You can see some relief because there was stress on his face. Like, wait a minute, I ain't going in the top two. Where am I sliding to? And I thought that was interesting in terms of Orlando again playing the cards close to the vest. They didn't work out Paolo officially. They didn't have a meeting with them officially, like you know, in a one-on-one setting like that. Besides that, you know the sort of normal uh, processes that everybody goes through that I thought coupled with the fact that everyone and their mother knew for weeks, the Knicks were going after Jaden Ivey. I thought that was just a very interesting contrast in, we didn't know this guy was going first. Meanwhile, the janitor Mm -hmm. down the hall knows the Knicks want Jaden Ivey. Like I just, (laughs) I I thought that was just really interesting how that all played out. And, you know, look, I I think if this is a competitive league, I think Jabari, whatever slights you got to use, the Jordan meme, I took that personally. Whatever you need to motivate you, because this league, listen, there's some motherfuckers in this league. If you're going to make it, yo, you got to work. So if that's what you need to get an extra chip on your shoulder, fine by me. I don't care. Yeah, uh, the next, uh, we'll get to the next with Jaden Ivey in a second, too. We got comments. See, this is why we can't have nice things. Next clear <laughs> cap space. You know what that means. And guess what? This person, Johnny, who comments has to say, your boy Hotep Handle is <laughs> I'm like, nah, we don't need that. We don't need that. I mean, please, please take them. Please take them. <laughs> I mean, we don't need that. Come on, Murph. You know, we don't, we don't want that in our lives, man. We don't need that. We don't. In fact, send them to the heat. How about that? How about we send them to the heat? How Yo, about that? Be with lose are... his godforsaken mind if Kyrie ended up in the heat. I might have to, like, not do stuff with 5 RSA. I mean, <laughs> there, there, are, there are Heat fans talking themselves into it, though, because they want to have a pure hoop conversation. And it's like, oh, we ain't, we ain't, we ain't, we ain't, we ain't doing that. The sign for the mid level, and it's like, you, you motherfuckers want, are smarter than this. You no, know, you don't know kind of pure conversation you can have Probably with not. Kyrie. Pure lunacy. You want to know about pure lunacy? Yeah, we talk about Kyrie. Yeah. That's a that's a pure conversation we can have. Posting the clip of Jimmy Butler saying that he like they asked him at the All Star game in 2017, who would you want to have on your team? And his answer was Kyrie from a stylistic standpoint. But this was before Kyrie went off the wall. Yeah, yeah. Fresh, even, fresh, even, for, even fresh, forget that. Even forget that, B. Every basketball player in the NBA of like that, Jimmy, whoever, will tell you, oh, Kyrie. 
They'll tell you. Oh Durant, yeah. We, it, yeah. They'll all tell you. Now yeah. ask them, do you want him as a teammate? That answer might be different. They'll say, oh no, he's he's bad. We playing pick up on the we go to blacktop, all the NBA guys. Yo, yeah, they picking him. Right. Now you want to come back to the NBA and want him on your roster? Yeah, chill. I don't know about that. Hey, that was, tw- I mean, it was 2017. I, I, I'm not sure he's saying the same thing now. That's, that's, that's all the thing. Because that, that's yeah. fresh off. The, that's less than a year after he hit the shot in game seven. But the Kyrie conversation is just exhausting. I just, I mean, yeah, we, we will talk a little Kyrie. I need him to go to the Lakers already and let's be done with it. That Cheer. that would be, that would be that would be nice, and it would make the Lakers more entertaining. I mean, they already threw the three first take was something before. Wait until if that happens, that reunion happens. Oh, here's the thing: oh, it, it's going. You gonna talk about the the Lakers going to be in the A block every single show? They may not the second straight year. Yes, it's going to be like <laughs> what? Why are we talking anyway? Yeah, y'all y'all gonna see. I'm gonna be texting Brian like. Man, I'm tired of doing these videos for the post and talking about Kyrie again. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of what I did last year anyway, but I'll be tired about, of that, that's for sure. Uh, when we look at the top three of the draft, does everybody and how it played out, uh, we talked about Paolo going number one, Chet number two, Jabari number three. Uh, Gerard, you felt like Jabari actually got into a good situation, and I actually would uh, like to think that he probably is happier than – Well. Or, or not. So the, the total question is, do we think everybody's actually in a good situation – where they can thrive yes and no so with Jabbar, i mean look, orlando i mean look there <laughs> markel fultz like in uh, cole anthony I, I don't like what's his name uh bible dude jonathan isaac like i, I like i don't know Brian, brian's boy yeah yeah I, I don't know what is happening and you know actually i feel bad for wendell carter jr if i'm being honest <laughs> like because i'm like damn that boy nice but anyway so orlando remains to be seen OKC, the, the, the dirty secret there is that the owners are cheap as hell over there, right? So Sam is on this constant, like, we're going to just get draft picks and whatever. I like the idea of, of Shea and Giddy and Chet. And, but, yo, Shea is eventually going to get to a point where he's like, we got to win, man, or I'm, I'm going to start raising holy hell. And I don't know if this team is ready to start winning. I mean, they should be, but are they going to is the question. As far as Jabari goes, look, I think Steven Salas is a great coach. I'm very curious to see how he coaches them up. I said this in our text chat last night. Oh, poor Jabari. He ain't getting no shots up on the team with Jalen Green. <laughs> I mean, right? Like, that dude takes all the shots, right? So I just, that's my fear with him. Can Steven Silas get that squad to be like, yo, Jalen, it ain't about you scoring. It's about us scoring. And it's hard to get young guys to get, to get on that train early. So we'll see. Murph, Murph, you like where all these guys landed? You think it's good? You think it's good for them? Uh, well, I think I think Van uh, Carroll could have could have fit in anywhere of these th- of those three places. So I think he'll be fine in Orlando. I love the fit for Chet. I think it's it's a situation where OKC uh, they're going to give him what he needs. They're going to coach him up. They're going to give him time. There's no pressure at all. Uh, they'll figure out what to do with with his weird type of talent because they have other weird guys. They're used to this, um, so I think it's it's perfect, absolute perfect situation for Chet. Uh, you know, as far as Smith, it's the same thing as Gerard was saying. Like, you know, uh, I'm just not sure what what the fit is. I think you know, I think ultimately he'll be fine. You know, the talent will shine through. Um, he's gonna he's a hard worker. He's gonna make it work. But the situation in Houston is to me is not a good one. I like Silas as a person, and I'm not sure as a coach yet. 
and he's in a tough situation. Mm-hmm. Um, we know we don't know what kind of support he really has. Uh, is he going to be there longer than this year if the team doesn't make so-called improvement? Mm-hmm. You know, whatever mm-hmm. that means. We know they're not going to win a bunch of games, but what what you know what are they really expecting? Um, Silas is not the most. Uh, he, he's not like the old school coach. Uh, you know, rah rah. Uh, will his personality fit with the team? Will he be able to get kids to do what they need to do? Uh, who's the point guard? I have no clue. I was just <laughs> I was just looking at the roster. Who's who's getting who's getting guys the ball? John Wall. So I DJ think Augustine's still there. J- Jalen's getting himself the ball all the time. You know, you know who's there? You know who's there? You know who's there? Schroeder. All right. Oh, that's right. Christ. He's a free agent now. He's a free agent. This team well, I mean, is yeah, I don't know, but he's there right now. So <laughs> I don't know what's going on there. So I so I am worried about Smith this season. But it doesn't, you know, but the rookie, it doesn't really matter as long as he progresses on it. You know, he gets better. Uh, he works hard and all that kind of stuff. But no it, bad habits. He can't get no bad habits there. You don't want that. Well, you know, good luck with good luck with that. You know what I'm saying? But um, but yeah, to me, I mean, Chet's in the best situation. Yeah, you think Chet's in the best situation, Brian? What? How'd you feel about the the, the top three draft picks? They all landed in good spots. I kind of agree with Murph, and I'm gonna get back to OKC in a second. Um, I'm intrigued by Paolo in Orlando because, while I don't think Orlando's in a situation where they absolutely need to win now. They need to show improvement. Otherwise, um, what are they actually doing? And I, they have some players that I like. They have Cole Anthony there. Jalen Suggs, we'll, st- we'll see. Oh, Franz Jaylen. Wagner. Franz Wagner had a strong rookie season last year. Um, you're throwing Paolo into the mix, and you have to figure out if Mo Bamba, if you're going to actually sign and trade him for compensation or something along those lines. And then, you know, oh, we'll see what happens with Wendell Carter Jr. Is Jonathan Isaac ever going to play? Uh, is Markel Fultz going to be, you know, viable um orlando's got some questions there but i think they could potentially make something work and then with houston uh the jalen green jabari smith pair uh, comparison is interesting to me that's something i'm actually going to want to watch with shangun there they have some mm-hmm. players i like jay sean tate um but you know it, they're going to be young and they're going to be a team that we're going to be talking about probably in the top three again next year's draft but with okc i mean look I think they're a year or two away from having to really like actually take some of these draft picks and get somebody. And I'm assuming that they keep Shea Gildas Alexander because they should at this point. But you have Shea Gildas Alexander on that team. You have Josh Giddy. Lou Dort is still there for now. He may or may not get traded, but for now he's there. And you have Chet Holmgren. And you have with Josh Giddy, Chet Holmgren, Shea Gildas Alexander. They got some other players in the draft too that are interesting. And they also have guys like Trey Mann. We'll see what he does going forward, taking another step. Poku, I don't know what he's going to be. Usman Ziang is somebody that they got yesterday late in the lottery, who I think is an interesting piece. Um, and Cameron Rich Williams is still there. So I think a couple of those guys might get moved. But And Jermichael Green is on that team for now as well. So you have a couple of guys that might get moved. But I think OKC is actually an interesting team. I don't think they're going to be like a playing team or anything like that this season. I think they're probably a year away from challenging from that. But I think soon they're going to have to make a move where they're actually going to get somebody, a star-ish or like a high-level starter or whatever the case may be, to pair up with these guys and actually try to make some sort of a run and make in the playoffs. And let me let me just add to, to, yeah, the, Orla- sure. to, the, to the Orlando piece. You know, I like, I like Mosley. I like him as a coach. Uh, Brian just mentioned the pieces they have. It's funny, I was, I was listening to, uh, the, to, to an interview with uh, the GM Hammond uh, this morning, and he was mentioning his team. He and he didn't even mention Mo Bamba. He, he was talking about his front mm. line. 
he was talking about his front line of, of Wagner, uh, the kid from Duke you just mentioned, what's his name? Big man. Wendell, Wendell Carter Jr. Yeah, Wendell Carter Carter, Jr. yeah, Carter Jr. and Bank and uh and uh, Bancaro. And you know, he didn't mention he really didn't mention uh Cole Anthony either. He mentioned Suggs uh and didn't mention really Carl, uh Cole Anthony. So that those are that that was very interesting to me. So I don't think I don't think really Cole will be in the picture, and I don't think Bamba will be in the picture that much longer. What are these people even doing? Does this team even know what they're doing? That's the question. I say no. I'm so well, yeah, this team too. I'm not sure they know what they're doing, but who knows? You know who looked like they knew what they were doing last night? The Detroit Pistons. <laughs> they looked like they knew what they were doing. Pistons got Jaden Ivy. Um, we were all texting last night in the group chat. Murph, I know you were very high on uh Ivy and his ability to play in the backcourt with Cade Cunningham and how that'll make him better, and he'll even be pretty good playing off the ball. You and I were texting about that, and I think that's a lot to do. Look, Gerard said it. It was the worst-kept secret. Everybody knew that the Knicks wanted Jaden Ivey. I wanted Jaden Ivey. (laughs) I wanted him the whole time to be on the Knicks. Did not happen, okay? but And I was like, I didn't think the Pistons might take him, but this does make a lot of sense to me. I want to say this. I agree with Murph a lot that Cade, who's fantastic with the ball in his hands and his playmaking ability now ivy doesn't have the have the pressure of having the ball in his hands all the time can play off of k then they'll go and get jalen duran we'll get to that later mm-hmm. um the pistons had themselves a good night i think ivy is a stud i think ivy's going to be really good i think he's gonna have more space in the nba than he did at purdue obviously and i think it's gonna let his game flourish there's a lot of john moran comparisons I chill. see some of that. I think people need to chill and pump the brakes on that a little bit too. I think he's got his own flair and style, but I just like his game. Like sometimes, can we just look at somebody and just say, yo, their game looks dope. I think it could work well in the NBA, and that's fine. I like this game, guys. I think this is a good pickup for the Pistons before we even get to what else they did. Um, is everybody else excited about this? And Brian, are you excited about the Pistons' future? Like, how, how excited are you about what the Pistons can do here? I got some people like, I think my man Greg was watching the show. Some other people think the Pistons can make the playoffs next year. I'm like, they in. I think they can make the play in potentially because I do. Okay. So they got Jalen Duran, and that whole thing was confusing because it was Durin. like, wait, where is he going? Charlotte needs a center. They got him. That makes sense. But wait, he's going to the Knicks. And it's like, okay, maybe Mitchell Robinson's gone. And then all of a sudden we find out that the Knicks just dumped him and Kemba Walker uh, to get some future draft picks, which we'll get to later. But I think the Pistons, you know, with, I don't, I think less so that they're going to challenge for the play-in this year. I think it'll look that way, and then maybe they'll fall off at the end and finish like 11th or 12th in the East or something like that. I still have to, We still have to wait and see like what teams do in free agency, so let's not even go that far. But to have a core of Cade Cunningham and Jalen Duran, and of course Jaden Ivey, who none of us thought he was going to fall five, which I found very interesting. He didn't work out with the Kings and didn't seem all that thrilled at the possibility of going to the Kings. <laughs> so the Kings, and I don't blame him, by the way. I wouldn't want to go to Sacramento <laughs> Kings either if I was that high of a pick. Uh, and they got Keegan Murray, and Jaden Ivey gets to go to one of the places he reportedly wants to. Uh, and oh, by the way, they still have Sadiq Bay on their team, who I think is going to have an interesting role with all those other guys on the team. Before they got Jalen Duran, I was throwing out the possibility that's probably a DeAndre Ayton team. And now... I don't know where DeAndre is going to go. Maybe that's where he ends up with the Charlotte Hornets. But, you know, as of right now, I, I like what the Pistons are doing. I feel like of these teams we're talking about, they're closer to a play-in team than I think the rest of them are 
Oklahoma City is probably that. Oklahoma City is probably right there, but I think Detroit is uh they're they're doing something and we'll see we'll see if they add the right veterans in free agency, like maybe there's something to that because but the Eastern Conference is gonna be very, very difficult. So I'm not gonna say that they're quite that yet, but they're gonna be fun to watch for sure. Yeah, Troy Reavers made some we gotta give Troy Reavers some credit because he's made some smart moves, even trading Jeremy Grant last week. Uh, but I mean, good trade for Portland too. They absorbed that into the twenty-one million, twenty-one yeah. million dollar trade exception, and that's fine. But making the moves and now building around this young core, which I would like to see some other teams do. Next, <laughs> we're looking at you, uh, uh, Murph. I want you to talk more about it because you're the college basketball guru here. But what do you think Jaden Ivy really can do on the next level here in the NBA? Oh, I mean, you know, I, I watched him a lot at Purdue, and he was at his absolute best in the open court so you got to figure you get more or- open court play in the nba you know i love college basketball but it but college basketball is a different game uh you know the the defenses can scheme against you the chart they, they call charges much more often all that kind of stuff uh so now he'll have automatically he'll have more space and to me he he is in the in a term terrific situation i mean he i don't even think he realizes he should be he should be so happy that he went to detroit because of cade cunningham um when you have a guy like cade cunningham who is like he's next level unselfish he's next he's a next level winner he's a next level passer okay so all of all those faults that ivy has like you know he can be He's not sure when to go hard, when when to slow up, when to shoot the J, when to drive to the basket. Cade is going to make that easier for him. Cade is going to give him the ball in the in the perfect situations to take advantage of all that athletic ability and talent and speed that he has. And he does have John ja Morant's type uh, athletic ability, like that wow stuff. Like, wait, what? Did I just see that? Did, was he really just that fast? Did he like that was ridiculous? Like he has that kind of athletic ability almost like a uh you know and i'm saying he's not gonna he's not i can't say he's gonna be Dwayne wade but he he has that kind of like that flash like the reason he, yeah the, the reason i like, he got that, that, comp. That, I like the reason, that comp the reason he got that nickname flash you know what i'm saying because he's so fast you know with the ball without just flying up the court can can dunk on you now i'm not sure he has the the Dwayne wade will and determination yet we'll see um because that's really what makes what makes a great player, uh, so, you know, so we'll see what he actually has as, as far as metal. But I mean, but I'm saying whatever he has, Cade Cunningham's going to get most of that out of him. So I think, I mean, it is a blessing in disguise to him to go play with a kid like that. And talking about Detroit as a team, remember Detroit played very, very well at the end of last season. They played everybody tough. I, did. I, was, I was betting on Detroit big time at the end of the season because they were covering spreads. <laughs> um, and I and I realized it's the NBA's, the dog days. You know, they were catch, they might have been catching teams who were sleeping on them, which is true. But they, you know, they were starting to come together. Uh, don't forget, I'm blank. I don't know why I'm blanking on names today, but the kid from Villanova is still there. Uh, Sadiq Bay. Sadiq Bay. He's a, he's very very good in his own right. They got they have pieces. Um, so I think that they could, they, I think they could be a playing team. It'll be, it's not, you know, not going to be easy, but I think they'll vie for the playing. Uh, Gerard, are you buying Detroit as a playing team? Now they have Ivy. Are you willing to bet on that? Detroit basketball, right? Everybody getting all amped. I, I will say this about Detroit. Hell of a draft by Troy Weaver, the GM of the Pistons. 
you know, with the NBA is a copycat league, we always say that. I feel like a team like Detroit watched what Cleveland did last year and was like, oh, that could be us. Yeah. Right? Like this, this, this is this is this is what this is what they say. Like, I see myself in that team. Right. Like they have they have similar guys, similar pieces, whatever, what have you. I will say this. It's very interesting because Brian brought up a name, DeAndre Ayton, and I had heard some stuff around Ayton being someone they're targeting as well. Of course, went with Jalen Dern, which I'm not sure I would have went that high for him. I thought, you know, uh, the, the other Duke big man, Mark Williams, is someone that um, fell to 15 to the Hornets, if I'm not mistaken. I, you know, I thought he was really good. And defensively, I thought he could be something really special. It'll be interesting to see what they do. I love the Cade-Ivy pairing. I think everybody's correct on that, what, what Murph and what Brian said. The interesting thing now is the timeline, okay? Do you keep Durin and say, because you got Sadiq Bey, as everybody mentioned, right, and Isaiah Stewart, do you stay on this young kid timeline we're on right now? Because if you get someone like Aiton, who is, how old Aiton, 23, 24? Somewhere in that range, Right. Aiton's already been to an NBA Finals, right? He's an established, already 2010 type of guy. Well, if you get him, what does that mean for the development of Ivy? And Cade's got to develop too still, right? And through these guys. What does that mean for them? I'm not saying, oh, if you get DeAndre Aiton, that means those guys are not going to develop. I'm just saying, on a timeline perspective, is that the right move? Or do you say, man, forget it. Let's just roll with Duran and and we're going to, Take our time with that. See, it's hard for teams, especially owners, they get itchy and trigger fingery, right? It's like, no, nah, come on, make that move, and now we can get on. It's like, okay, you could, but at the cost of what? What is the what is the long term effect? Sometimes you get lucky, you catch lightning in a bottle, like Cleveland did last year. I mean, Evan Mobley was perfect because you pair him with Jared Allen, boom, that's our defensive anchor. We're straight, right? It works. But I don't know if that's necessarily what Detroit can count on this year. And do they get too amped? And try to get that to happen now. Maybe, maybe not. It'll be interesting to see. I love, you know, I love, I love that you brought up uh, Duran because I, I actually had him high on my board. I had him like eight on. Oh wow! On my board, just I mean the the physical attributes, the size. You know, I think he's six eleven with like a seven five wingspan, something ridiculous. We like wingspan. Um, and he and I mean just an absolute beast. He's you know, and and people compare him to Adebayo because they kind of look alike. I agree. He's he's probably more. I mean, if his pot, he's a maybe a tiny bit more athletic than I don't know. That'd be the same athlete, but he's bigger. So look, he looks he looks more athletic than Adebayo. Uh, but he doesn't have but he doesn't have the intangibles that Adebayo has. Where you know the you know the the, the high IQ, the the defensive prowess. That's like a whole nother level for Adebayo. But he does. But he I think he has more offensive upside. You know, you why I've seen him hit. You know, he ha- he can hit Jays. You know what I'm saying? He, he, he didn't take any threes in college at all. He took zero threes. Hmm. But I, I've seen him, you know, take turnaround jumpers, take mid-ranges. The form looks good. So I think that it, you can tap into that. Now, if you if you have an opportunity to get Aiton and you have to give up Duran, I think you do that because Aiton is just more of a sure thing. He's he's further along in the process. And like and like you said, Gerard, he's still young, too. So I don't I think that'd be a no brainer. But if you don't but if they have to live with Duran, I think that's not not a bad situation at all. Yeah, if you can get Aiton and put him on a team, he's already had deep playoff run experience, finals experience. I like Gerard mentioned. I think that'd be good. And it's funny, in all that Detroit Pistons talent that everybody's talking about, nobody mentioned 
Marvin Bagley the third, former number two overall. Pick. And, still, and, and, I, and there's I a reason like for that. Him. No, I, I still like him. He he came up. One of the reasons I was betting on Detroit late last season because he actually came to life and was doing. <laughs> he was did. Doing remember where? Remember where he was? Right, Sacramento. What, what, I mean, okay. That, that, to be so fair. What are, to be so fair. what are we talking about? You know what I'm saying? Like, like Look, why, why are we even holding that against him? Because I don't know. I mean, we didn't, I, we didn't even want good players to go there in this stretch. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, Sacramento is a dumpster fire of an organization. Everyone knows it. They're on their, I don't know, 15th head coach. Speaking of that, real quick, and we don't have to spend too much time on this because it is Sacramento. Did you like Keegan Murray Murph going to Sacramento? Do you think he helped him? Or is he doomed like Marvin Bagley III was? Well, if anybody is not doomed, it'll be (laughs) Keegan Murray. So Because, you know, I wouldn't have passed up on, on Ivy either, but I get it. I get, I get why Sacramento would pass up on him because, you know, Ivy has some concerns and they're more like, you know, co- like, will he be, you know, like, can a coach get him to do the, can, can the coach mold him in the right way? That type of thing. Can, can we get him to be, to do what he needs to do? Like intellectually think, think through the game and that kind of stuff. He still has some things to figure out and Sacramento's probably not the best place to figure those things out. Plus, plus you have guys similar, like similar kind of games with, with, with Fox, like guys who want to get to the hole and stuff like that. So I understand. Whereas Keegan Murray, I mean, he, I know he surprised me when I went back and looked, looked at the stats and I was just looking at, at these stats for Keegan Murray at Iowa and he's a good athlete, solid athlete. This dude had a PER of 37.8. Okay. He averaged 20, Four points and nine rebounds, shot 40% from three, uh, 55% overall. This guy was like super, super efficient. How many, how, how many attempts from three? Uh, how many attempts for three? He had he had almost four. He had, no, he had two attempts, only two attempts. No, wait. No, sorry. That was his freshman year. This year he had five attempts from three. Like okay. Like so he was like he was it. shooting them. I like uh, it. he had he had 16 attempts per game, shot attempts per game in uh, Perry, which is super high for college, for all yeah, these college guys. That might have been the most out of all these guys that went lottery. So yeah. he, you know, he, he might work for them because he's more, he's he's less, you know, he, you need to do less things for him. He knows how to get a bucket. He can get easy baskets. He gets baskets in all kinds of different ways. He's versatile and he can play the four. That might have been a smart move, but it's just tough to, to, to pass up on a, on like a, Possible generational talent like Ivy. What's his What's his wingspan? I mean, he's he's six eight. What's his wingspan? I'm not sure. Because if, he, if he's if he's in that seven foot range, whoo boy. Well, I mean, you said nice you one. said it might have been hard for them, you know, to pass upon a generational talent like Ivy. It could have been a mistake, but we've seen them pass upon a generational talent. They did it with Luka Doncic. So you know, <laughs> Kings going Kings. <laughs> I'm going so Kings. And, 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 and nobody, nobody on the Sacramento Kings roster is ever getting a who boy out of me. I don't care who they are. <laughs> so it's not not since Paige Stojakovic probably. Damn. That far back. Not, not, not even C Web was getting a woo boy out of you. I mean, wasn't he after? No, Page was at oh, the same time. No, I love Page and C Web. So, like, <laughs> yeah. But ever since then, it's like, you know. Yeah, yeah they Sacramento. They have oh. honorary Puerto Rican Mike Bibby, too. So, yo, Mike, yo. Here we Here we, here we go. Yo, please know, people, how he did not say any honorary Puerto Rican for his boy Jonathan Isaac. None of that came out. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't Isaac claiming that one. I don't blame him. I, I don't want to claim him either. He, shit, I don't see him repping. 
Well, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> oh, he's oh, he's repping. Just a different kind of people he's repping for. <laughs> he's repping for a different kind of people. Yeah, that's people who we want to associate with. No, th- th- those those Bibby those Bibby photos though. I'm like, dog. What are you a personal bodybuilder now? Like, what the? Yo, also, I saw also, him. Also, Murray, Dex, Murray Aaron, him at, I was with you. I was with you, Brian. When we saw him, we saw him at Geico Nationals. He was Geico coaching. Nationals. Right? I was there he with was you. Coaching Shadow Mountain. Yep, or some shit. Yeah, yeah. He's, he was jacked. He's Whoa. Here's the thing. You can't. You, he couldn't do that in the NBA. People would probably be like, "Oh, why is he like that now?" It's like you can't play in the NBA with no, that. not like, not with wow. arms like that. that. You can't play. That's, in the league. that's why I. That's why I need Desmond Bain to chill out. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> Shouts <laughs> to my boy Desmond Bain. Oh, look at somebody yesterday in the second round from Duke. Also, I'm forgetting his name. Does, ba- does Bain really have short arms? Does it, does it just look like that? Because he's decent. so he he's <laughs> not. I mean, he's not. He doesn't. He's not like a plus like eight. On the wingspan, right? Right, right? I think he's like six four, maybe a six six. So he's like right. a little bit, but like not yeah. a plus two. Right. But he, I know he got to show with them football workouts. Baby. I'm like, I'm like Desmond. No, I, I just need you to be hitting forty two percent from three. Thank you. I don't need you to be worrying about fucking, you know, brolic arms out here. In these streets. <laughs> and then get, get back to getting back to Keegan Murray quick. I just he, he averaged also averaged two blocks. So I'm not sure what his wingspan is, but six eight right. averaged two blocks a game. Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he, the kid did everything, and you know he is a very good athlete from just watching him. Like it's not like he's like you know you know he he did this just because he's in college. He yeah, made it, yeah, yeah. he did make it look but, easy at times. So that might be. But we'll see. That might be a good pick. But he is in Sacramento. That's yeah. it. He is exactly. Yeah. What about Mike Brown? Can can Mike Brown do you know do a little Cleveland Cavalier magic? Yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to we see. Got, we I got feel honestly, it's, it's it's not going to sound great when I say this, but I'd probably feel a little bit better if they moved De'Aaron Fox instead of Tyrese Halliburton. So, well, I mean, I agree. Darren, look, De'Aaron Fox is overrated. I'm a just yeah, look. Say it. I've been trying. I've been trying. I've been trying to say far, this. But I mean, shit. I've been saying this. I, I, no, I'm with Gerard. I'm going to go that far. Gerard, you would not like the bonus. And yeah. you know I, him and De'Aaron Fox. I mean, we'll see. But it's it's easy to call all these dudes at Sacramento overrated. They're in a terrible situation. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see if if Mike Brown can change the culture. I'm not sure about that. We'll see. But I I just can't call these dudes like with, who have major talent and I see skill in them. I can't call them overrated yet because. They haven't really had a real chance. Seeing see, see, if Mike Brown could bring over some of that Golden State Warriors magic. Uh, I, don't, I don't know about all that. I'm just asking for, <laughs> ask for like some Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs> <laughs> you went too far. Gerard, Gerard went too far with his ass. All right, we got we got to talk about what we came here to talk about at the top of the show. I know a friend of the show, Greg, is waiting for this moment. We are the this, New York Knicks. It, we are the. <laughs> Sorry. Come on, man! I do, I do, I do fucking hate that song. Come on, you remember that shit? Oh, that shit, yo! People was wilding when that song used to come on. You talking about the go New York, go New York, go? Yeah, man, man, that shit still slaps, man. I told you, I told you, see. (laughs) But just that part, I don't like the whole "We are the New York Knicks." That part's a little whack. When it gets to the go New York, go New York, go, I can get behind that. Yeah, they need a better build. They need a better build up to get to. Yes, they need a better build up to get there. That's that, that's what I great song is trash. Greg said the song is trash. Well, you know what a lot of Knicks fans think was trash? The draft last night. Because the Knicks didn't draft anybody in the first round. They traded away their picks. In fact, they traded four second rounders and a first round pick, and they got three uh future well, four future picks, excuse me, three from the OKC Thunder that all have uh protections on them. Yo, Gerard. I called you. Not you, you spoke start. About this. 
You What'd start, you, you start. Don't toss it to anybody else. Oh, uh, man. Y'all want me to start? Isolation. You want me to start? Yes. Start, You're start. on and the right wing. And, and, I gave and, and, you the and, and ball. You can hit me on, uh, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. going to the corner, bro. Go ahead. He said I'm okay. going to the corner, bro. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm, 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 I'm going to speak for the rational Nick fans out there. That's what I'm going to. Attempt. How many of them exist? Like 1%? Two? A little more than that, but you know, not, not a little bit more. Okay, I, I'm learning though that a lot I'm of these learning, fan bases don't have rational. Yeah, power. and I'm learning. I'm I'm starting to agree with Brian about these Nets fans because more when I see these <laughs> no. Nets fans talking about Kyrie, I'm like, yo, yo, no. are you serious? Like, like what? Yeah, that, that, yeah, yeah. Vinny Goodwill's piece on Yahoo, people. Yes, on very Kyrie good piece. Very, shout out to Vinny Goodwill. Very good piece. Shout out, shout out to Vinny Goodwill. Okay, the Knicks. All right, guys. The Knicks don't draft anybody yesterday. And, you know, I talked with uh, Gerard. I talked with several other people around covering the Knicks, different things about that. I think there's many ways to look at this before you jump off the ledge, okay? A lot of the talk is that they did all this. They cleared cap space. They got Kemba Walker up out of here. They admitted that was a mistake. They got some picks. They have 11 picks. First-round picks over the next seven years, 11 second-round picks over the next seven years, that's fine. Anybody who knows me knows that I'm like, picks are nice. They're cool. They're good assets to have. What matters is what they, you do with them. This is a point that both Murph and Gerard made in the show that I agree with. What matters here is what the Knicks do. There's a lot of talk about the Knicks going all in for Jalen Brunson. I like Jalen Brunson. I think Jalen Brunson's a very good player. Everybody's smiling and laughing. You cannot see them on the screen right now because they know a butt is coming. And yes, a butt is coming, right? I just don't feel like this is the dude you go all in for. Do you need an upgraded point guard? Absolutely, they do. Which is why I myself, a lot of Knicks fans, I think wanted Jaden Ivey. The Knicks, from everything I've heard from people who really know this, did everything they could to go and get Jaden Ivey. It just didn't work out. Sometimes that happens. Detroit value Jaden Ivey. I don't blame them. I wouldn't give them up either. Right, you'd have to move heaven and earth for me to get him. Doesn't mean the Knicks didn't try. Fine, Jalen Brunson, and I'm gonna even defer to Murph more on this because Murph watches the college game and the progression of these dudes more. Jalen Brunson is not Jaden Ivy. I do not think he has the ceiling of Jaden Ivy. I don't think he'll be as good as Jalen Ivy. I think he could help the Knicks and be good. I'm not anti the Knicks getting Brunson. I want to be clear. I'm anti them getting him if that's their only move for this season. Now, if somehow the Knicks are able to take these picks and then shed other salary, if they can move the contract of a Randall, maybe a Fournier, maybe moving Burks or Noel and attach them to some of these picks, because that's what it's going to take, folks, for them to move those, move it. They're not going to be able to do that without it. And then they say, we're going to go sign a Brunson, and we're going to play the kids. Barrett, IQ, Cam Reddish, Obi Toppin, bring back Mitchell Robinson and go all in on that. Here's somebody who's here for that. I am. Because it'll be the first time since I've been watching the Knicks that they went all in on a youth movement. I'm here for that. Then that would truly speak to what Leon Rose said in the statement, because he wouldn't speak to the media. It would truly speak to him going in and actually developing. How do you see players develop, Gerard? I'm going to bring Gerard up on the screen here. How does that happen? <laughs> Playing oh, time. They got to play. <laughs> they got to hit the court. That would be nice. I'm going to tell you what I don't want to see. And we got to look at Brian Fonseca's face for this. I don't want to see no Kyrie Irving up in MSG. <laughs> we don't need that. Hotel handles, no thank you. 
<laughs> no, thank you. Okay? We don't need that. If you're going to make this move, and I'll turn it over to everybody else, if you're going to make this move, if you're going to clear the cap space, and you're going to keep Jalen Brunson, who is on the timeline of the younger Knicks on this roster, that is fine. But then go get rid of the dead salary. It's okay to admit that you made a mistake in signing Kemba Walker. It's okay to admit that you made a mistake in Evan Fournier. We've seen other teams do this before. Remember, my, Brian, you remember when the Miami Heat, your team, signed Hassan Whiteside and Dion Waiters and Tyler Johnson, and none of that worked out? What did Pat Riley go and do? Man, we're going to get off those contracts. We're going to get rid of these dudes and move on. If the Knicks are doing that, oh, I'm all in on that. That's fine. It's not a failure, and they could still get assets and build throughout the years. They got the Mavs pick next year. They got their own pick. If one of these picks convey, most likely the Denver pick will convey. It's not terrible, but it's about what you do with these picks. And if you can get off of the salary and you build around this young core, then it's fine. If you're just going to add Jalen Brunson to bring him back, Evan Fournier and Julius Randle, who might block time for the young guys on this roster, nah, then it ain't good. That's <laughs> so my rant. It, it feels to me like they're just going to package these picks and try to get a star, Donovan Mitchell or somebody else, um, and then use cap space to try to sign somebody else like it, it seems to me like they're going to try to be aggressive like now if not very soon and i don't know if that's misguided because i was saying i don't feel like they're ready for a donovan mitchell move even though i feel like they do have the pieces to try to do it i i don't think they're like on that schedule especially if they're going to trade rj barrett which i don't think they should do at all i think rj barrett and obi Toppin will be off limits for me otherwise go ahead but I don't know, man. I, like, I was surprised to see them trade out entirely and not at least try to get, like, even Johnny Davis, who went right before them at 11, who I think would have been interesting. Um, Jalen Duran in the event that Mitchell Robinson wasn't going to resign, and now it looks like they might just run it back to some degree. Like, I was very surprised at what they did in the draft. I like that they got future first-round picks, but I don't, I don't know what to do with them. And I, I'm with Dexter. Like, can you trust them? to sort of make the right move here. And after the last few years, and I kind of agree with Greg, you should give up if you get Kyrie Irving, honestly. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. I'll be done. I'll say so, it right now on the show. That happens, I'm out. So I'm l- 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 I will say this. If you forego your Knicks fandom, which, by the way, everyone listening to the show should know, I, Gerard Hector, am a proponent of adults, adult human beings, not being beholden to shitty franchises who treat them poorly. Huh. I thought you this can- was like... <laughs> I thought this was like we live in a society like that bit. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> we can, we can, you can quit your childhood team and find a new team. It is okay. There's nothing wrong. Well, oh, Dexter's that. already done this in football. Exactly. He's, he's a veteran of this. You, you're not a front runner, whatever. So I will welcome you onto the Memphis Grizzlies train, Dex, if you want to join me over there. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not quite ready to go there yet, but I'm, cl- I'm close. I'm you close. come over to Heat Culture, baby. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> not, that has never happened. But go ahead. Now, real quick, I will say this. All signs point towards the Knicks making a move for Jalen Brunson. William Wesley, who, along with Leon Rose, run the Knicks and has a lot of influence on that team in terms of decision-making. William Wesley and Rick Brunson and Leon Rose go back. And when I say back, I mean way back. William Wesley has probably known Jalen Brunson since he was born. That whole area, that Camden High School, right, where Rick Brunson was the coach. By the way, that team was about to win a national championship, I think, with uh, younger Wagner, DJ Wagner, um, all that. But all of a sudden, Rick Brunson's now the head coach of 
or not head coach, excuse me, assistant coach of the New York Knicks. That's family for William Wesley, right? Like, it's not just like when, you know, oh, that's my brother. No, 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 no. When we say family, like, they mean family, family. And so I believe that he is going to try to get his adopted son, godson, whatever, Jalen Brunson onto this team. Now, Knicks fans, don't freak out. They ain't paying him no max deal. But if he's going to command somewhere in the Fred Van Vliet range, which is what, 20 to 25 million, Brian, something like that? I think um, Fred Van Vliet got four for 90. Okay. I think so that's what he got. A little and, bit over and 20. There are, there are rumors saying that Jalen Brunson could see like 100 for four years. Either way, we're talking 20 to $25 million. Yeah. To me, and you know how I feel about small guards, that is a lot of money to pay for that small guard. This ain't, also, this ain't prime Chris Paul we talking about. This ain't, right? This is Jalen Brunson, okay? Right. I mean, he's a very good player, but he's the player you get when you're already knocking on that Ooh, we're in the playoffs and we make it. Oh, not yeah, like that, like that final piece. Yes, what's he gonna get you? Two extra wins for what? Well, you might as well just do what you're doing. What is and, that gonna do for you? And he's small and slow. Like, like the like he's not an he's not an athlete. I know he's made he's kind he is a lot like Van Fleet. He's he's he made himself a player. Yes, he is va- very valuable, but it it does bother me that that you know in Dallas. He, where he had to be the second option. They didn't have many, many options there to score besides Luca. And now he's like, he's Mr. You know, put up 15 to 20 shots. And I don't, I wouldn't want that if, if I'm, if I'm the Knicks, if he, you know, if he, if he morphs more into, you know, uh pass first, cause he is very smart and I think he's capable of that. But even at Villanova, he didn't, he wasn't really a high assist guy. So a guy like that, not so athletic, he gets every every ounce of talent he can out of that body, um, and you know now he's thinking he's a scorer. I don't know. <laughs> and then, you know, like you said, Dex, like the, the the amount of things that they're doing for that to be the move, right? I think all those picks and all that stuff they got all those picks from what it sounds like was in order to make room for him so they can give some of those picks away and get rid of Noel and, uh, and Burks, you know what I'm saying? Like, so they can give these to teams to take those other guys to clear up the rest of that space just to get uh, Jalen Brunson. I don't yeah, know. There you go. That's, That's the point. Did you, hear, did, you hear what you point just, did you hear what you just said, Murph? Mm-hmm. Murph hit the nail on the head right That's there. It. Murph is saying you were doing all this and giving all these picks away to yes. get Jalen Brunson. Right. <laughs> Jalen Brunson, guys, I'm he, not he saying Jalen Brunson's no bum. He is good. Right. I'm not he saying that. I'm just moving, saying he ain't that dude. Yeah, he ain't moving heaven and earth good. He's not that guy. And it better damn sure not be Hotep Handles because we know he <laughs> might not show up and play. We know this. So what I'm saying here is if you're going to move, you got to move for somebody that good. When we're talking about Jalen Brunson, you know what we're talking about, guys? He's the kind of guy to Gerard's point. And, and Brian, we know you like the small guys. So this is no disrespect to that. But he's the kind of guy that, like, hey, if he was bigger, he'd be – yo, when but you have to the, say that about the kind of player, he's not that guy. That's yo, all I'm saying. Yo, but it's, tr- it's true, though, because here's the thing. And here's here's what I, I – Dex, I actually want to ask you this question. Sure. So keep us all on the screen. So uh, you have R.J. Barrett there. <clears throat> Jalen Brunson's a fellow lefty. But Gerard's not going to like this. But one of the things he does really well is post up other guards. No, and I'm not I, I'm sure. okay with small guys. That's okay. I just don't want to see 18 times a fucking game. 
Like, what are we doing? No, but I'm saying, I don't know how a, a six foot one guard who is very efficient scorer, by the way, but a six foot one guard who, you know, posts up a lot in isolation plays uh, is going to help RJ Barrett a ton. Granted, he's good nah. shooting, like getting out of the post, but like, I, it's just weird and clunky. They're both lefties, which I guess is good. Mm-hmm. But like, like, I'm not sure it's a Murph's point. Cause I looked at the assist cause I didn't remember him being a big assist guy either at Villanova. It was usually like around four, four and a half per game. Those last couple of years, very efficient, like 40% from three 50 plus percent from the field. That's what he is in the NBA, but that's also playing next to Luka Doncic. If he goes to New York, you ain't got the, nobody like Luka Doncic on New York. The volume is going to get turned up on shots. The field goal percentage and three point percentage, all that will probably drop. So Here's you know, the other thing, it, B. I would feel better about this, honestly, if the play is you're going to use some of the picks and other players to potentially get Donovan Mitchell and also sign Jalen Brunson. Then it's like, okay, I don't love that either. But, hey, that's something. You have a one, you have a two, you have a three with R.J. Barrett, OB. You could put, you could re-sign Mitch or figure out who's going to play center, Jericho Sims. Then it's like, okay, that's something that you can roll into this coming season with. But if this is all only for Jalen Brunson, who I like very much and think Dallas might still actually keep amid all of this, Dallas wants to keep him. Then I don't know. And I think for Jalen Brunson's sake, he actually makes more sense in Dallas. But if New York is going to give you that bag, then you know. Look, here's here's the reality: you put size on Jalen Brunson, it's over. Yeah, because he doesn't have. Wait, what's he going to do? To do nothing. To Merce's point, because he doesn't have world class speed. What's he going to do? Which is part of why he's figured out his post up game so much. But at the same time, like again, listen, like, listen. him not being next to Luka Doncic, I have some questions. As much as I, do I, I he, those questions are legit. Yes, I think sir. those, I think those questions, especially are legit. if he's going to get like a hundred million, like four, the, the money is a big thing. Because if you're giving him four years, eighty, it's like, oh, okay, that's perfectly reasonable. Like, I mean, I might do four like years that. and like mm, sixty. No, but in this in this market, <laughs> like I eighty, I was like, okay, like that could, but a hundred. But see, all all eighty million dollar contracts are not equal. It's the point that you guys made before that I think Gerard made before. If this is somebody you're giving an eighty million dollar contract to, that's the last piece to an already established team. It cool. feels different. He the Knicks ain't, ain't there. The Knicks ain't there. They're not close to there. I mean, Dex, Greg is questioning know. eighty million. Look, Jalen Brunson, he's gonna get more. Oh, he's, he's, he's gonna get that, Dex. You, listen, <laughs> you know because we talked about this off air. You and I think I was said it on this show or on many shows we've done together. You know where the Knicks messed up. You know the move that they did that got them on this path. I know, here right I, now. Yeah, I know. I know what you. I'll let you say it. I know what you're gonna say. When you had Julius Randle making All NBA level, that was the time to move him, sell high. You are now stuck with Julius Randle on what's he got left? Four years and what? Over a hundred something. Over a hundred. Yeah. Over hundred. One hundred six. One hundred twelve. I don't know. Who wants him in the NBA? Sacramento. Who wants the contract? Shit. Sacramento. Want, if Sacramento wanted him, I think they would have got the fourth. They, they ship him, ship him out of there. If they, if they, they send him there right now, like literally drive him to the airport and get back all him. this. They, they don't even want him. That's um, you. So now everything is about shit. Okay, how do we, how do we work ourselves around this? You could have signed and traded him last year, right? Like even with coming off the bad postseason, still would have worked because the team would have been like, you know what? He had a great regular season. He was all NBA, blah, 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 blah. All that, like shushing the New York crowd, giving them the finger. I'm like, yo, this is bad. And the longer he's there, Obi Toppin, who I've been screaming about, he's getting no playing time. What? Why did you draft Obi in the first place? Why is he here if he ain't going to play? What's he doing? 
this is my thing. There's a way this can actually be okay. I'm still going to go back to my point. If you, if the planet, because I, I want to read what Gerard said at the top for everybody again from Leon Rose and the Knicks, who will not bring Leon Rose in front of the, he will not come in front of the media and talk. I think God it's ridiculous. Forbid. I think it's ridiculous. I, I just texted with some people who covered the Knicks, and one person said to me, This is the team going all in for Jalen Brunson, which. Ugh, just, the fact that they won't yeah. address the media. Yes. Every team has had a postseason exit. These fools won't even talk to media. I'm, and the NBA is like, all right, cool. Knicks, do whatever you want. We don't care. I, I'm, I'm going to have to share some stuff with y'all that I know about the inner workings of them not talking to the media and how everybody's heard about how they handle Immediately things. after we're done with this. Please. Yes, there's we'll some things know. I know that I'm like, okay. I see what the, heard the major problem. What I'll, say, what I'll say in a way for other people to understand, if you want to look at the problems and everything that we're talking about here, you got to look right at the top. Just of like course. any other organization, we know this. You gotta look right there, just like any other organization. Now, Gerard pointed out earlier, okay, from this statement last night, we made three trades involving draft picks, which resulted in increased financial flexibility and additional draft capital moving forward. Yay! We now have a total of 22 picks, 11 in the first round, 11 in the second round. Over the next seven years, we have the ability to be active in free agency as well as the trade market. Notice that's the first thing they talk about here. Our focus will remain to be strategic and thoughtful in our own team building, doing it the right way. What is that? What? Like, can we ask a real question? What has the Knicks ever shown you since the 90s that they know about doing it the right way? Right? <laughs> and like, yo, can, can we be honest about the 90s? They got fucking lucky. Let's just be honest. Okay? Well, you need, but you need luck. You say that all the time, you Gerard. Do. You need you luck. Do. But damn. Right? <laughs> but damn. <laughs> okay. They, I think they were also onto something in you know, that early 2010s run, but then that and they ended up mismanaging that. Also. Ooh, with Melo? Because they actually made a... So- they had the veterans. They had things in place. They could have sustained that for a little bit longer, but then I they agree fired with that. the GM the year after. Well, well when you go make the trade, when you go make the trade for Bargnani, it didn't sustain. I just want to read the last yeah. part of the statement, which is one thing that I think what Gerard is saying could give you hope, right? If you look at how they, they put this together, they said, our focus will remain to be strategic, thoughtful, and our team building, doing it the right way, while feeding off the momentum from the end of last season and prioritizing our player development program. Now, there are some Nick fans that could reasonably have been excited about the end of last season, but what did you see at the end of last season, guys? And what you saw at the end of last season was young players playing on the court. So if you're really about continuing that, then what that tells me is you got to get young players playing on the court, which is why I said if the plan is to unload some of these salaries and let these young kids play and you have the cap flexibility, then I'm fine. That's a, I'm fine if that's the plan. But here's the thing, guys. Why can't y'all just come out and say that? Why can't you just come out and be direct? All this, this you, y'all putting this out through a tweet? This is what we're doing? <laughs> like, just come out and be like, hey, you know what? We're going to try to compete. We might not be that good next year. You don't got to say nothing about playoffs. You ain't got to be in your gym more. You ain't got to say that. Just say, look, we're going all in on the young guys. Knicks fans are smart. They can handle it. It's fine. People will accept it. People just want to know what the plan is. That's all. And also, we don't know what the plan is. And also, like, I, I also get the, the the hoarding of draft picks, if you want to call it that. But, like, damn, they could have traded back, maybe get an extra pick and actually get one or two guys from this draft, I felt like, in the first round uh, instead of just a second-round pick they got. Like, I, like I, I floated in our chat. I was like, what if they got back to, like, 1920 or something like that and pick up Ty Ty Washington? You know still what I mean? Money, like still money, still I, money. I, I like, but yeah, yeah. That, that's, that's the answer, Murph. That's, that's the answer. 
That's the thing too. But I think clear, they're clearing it for your boy. And, but here's the thing: Ty Ty <laughs> fell to the second round. You could have gotten him, and because and that's what teams. I thought. I thought. I thought a bunch of teams were going to do this. A lot fewer of them than I thought uh, actually did this. But usually, when you're going to clear cap, you would do what the Knicks do: trade out of the first round. I thought like Miami was going to do that. I thought the Clippers were going to do that. I thought like uh, you know actual teams that we expect to compete, like Denver. I thought they were going to do that. Um, with all their first round picks, but because, because then you could get cr- creative with the second round picks. And that's this last year with Kessler Edwards. They drafted him 44 overall. They signed him to a two way contract and they didn't well, even they sign got, him to a got, standard contract. The by the way, year. Kessler they Edwards, got, they who, got kills in the second Ke- round. Kessler Edwards, who could be a very actually useful piece on this roster. If the Nets stop listening to fucking Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, <laughs> but you know, but yeah, I think the Knicks should have like done, just done more with the actual draft. And I, I agree with Dex. Like, just say, just give a more clear cut. Just talk to the media. I won't even say, like, yo, like, give the entire plan because there are 29 other teams who, like, you know, probably will. Have a presser. At least the other teams have pressers. Right. Have a press conference. I was looking yesterday. There were GMs and presidents or whatever. I When I covered the Nets, when we covered the Nets, Sean Marks, after every draft, he'll talk or whatever the case may be. Saw Pat Riley do it yesterday. So I think Troy Weaver addressed the media also, like, you know? this, this is not what they do. I'll get into why. And we got to we gotta wrap this up here. The last thing I will say, though, is uh, I just saw this. Uh, Ian Begley, you know, he does a show to put back with SNY. And he said, quote, I do not think the Knicks will be making a trade like they did last night without some kind of high confidence that Jalen Brunson is coming. Yo, what the fuck? Yeah, they, like, they he... have his father on the, on the coaching staff. I, I, I just laid it out for you. <laughs> but I, that's I gave the pro- you all the points. And the, the Wesley, problem- Rose, Brunson connection. But he's that's the thing. Here. It's like he's but, coming. But that's the problem. It's like the goal. The goal is not to win a championship. It's just let's make Taft everybody happy. on the bench. It's just yeah, it's got just, son on the team. This is what we're doing. They want to make the, they make the playoffs. That's and it. and also like CAA is basically you know has their hands in the organization as y'all know. So it's well, a, we knew that. When oh, yeah, yeah. Hired, it's, it's CAA East is the next. We know that. Yeah. Look, so it's, it's, here's it's the chance. reality, man. So, it's not even, to your point, Brian, it's not even about championships, right? We know that. It's winning it's a 1-30 in 30 odds, getting there is 2-30. Most teams, you're not going to get to the finals or win it. That's just yeah. the reality. Mm-hmm. Yo, correct. Here is the, here's what you need to do, though. Build a roster and a franchise that gives you a chance to compete every year, make the playoffs, and in those good years, when luck, Dexter, as I mentioned earlier, when luck happens, oh, now we got a shot. That's all. That's all any fan base wants. And with this team, explain to me how Jalen Brunson at $25 million a year with what you have right now gets you to that point. There you go. There you go. Now, if you go and do that, and like I said, and then you have cap space, and you you don't have to use that cap space all this year. That's fine. I don't even care about that. I just want to know that there's a plan. This is the last – I keep saying it. Show me a plan. If the plan is to play the kids, I'm fine with that. Right. That's cool because if they get Jalen Brunson and they play the kids, then you won't see me mad. If they get Julius Randle out of here, if they get Fournier out of here, and they use those picks to get those guys out of here and they still have the cap flexibility, that's a plan. And that's something fans can get behind because you might say, you know what, that team might be a 30 to 35 win next team next year, but they're going to play hard. They're going to build the culture up around these young dudes, and they're going to get better. They already, Some of them already have some playoff experience. I actually don't think the Knicks situation's that bad if they manage it competently. 
But to Gerard's point, there's only a handful of organizations that do that, and we damn sure haven't seen the Knicks do that. So and I can't blame – I'll let you go, Brian, one second. Yeah. I can't blame fans for being like, what the hell are the Knicks doing? Because here's the big thing. None of us know because they don't talk to us. They tell us <laughs> stuff through a tweet. We don't know shit. All the good organizations, they talk to their fans. They know what's going on. We don't know shit. Yo, I mean, this, this is a bad example because, you know, they are who they are and they just won. But remember years ago, Joey Joey Lightyears told you all, Joe Liga, we are light years ahead of all other organizations. Everybody was laughing. Ha ha. Arrogance, hubris. He's motherfucking. Seems like he knew what he was talking about, right? He said, we're going to win now, and we're going to win in the future. Well, timeline seems to be working out. And they're going to they're gonna pay that luxury tax. And, and guess what? As long as they win, he cool yeah. with that. Yep. <laughs> and they got Kaminga and Moody and James Wiseman. We'll see. Like, they got other shit coming. So you can you can do both. It's very difficult. You can do both. But you can do it. The icing on the cake to ruin Dexter's night <laughs> is that one of his actual, actual favorite prospects in the draft, someone who That's right. we That's both right. think – is going to be a top 10 player from this draft class, fell, free fell all the way to 27 and was drafted by the Heat, the Miami Heat. And I was sure, I was sure that they were going to trade this pick. I'm like, there's no way they're keeping this pick. There's no way they're keeping this pick. I was, I hopped on the, the 5RSN stream, and it looks like for the time being and for at least the immediate future, they are keeping this pick, and that's Nikola Jovic, who people are going to confuse with Nikola Jokic. This is a totally different dude. Um, and Dex... I mean, look, I know Listen, it's annoying. Y'all yeah, 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 like, yeah, hoping you catch lightning in the bottle and you hope he's like one-tenth the player Jokic is. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, I, let me tell you this. There, like, Look, Nikola Jovic is, is a really interesting prospect. I'm going to tell you just two minutes about him. He's 6'11", 220, 225-ish, or whatever the case may be. Super talented offensively. He's kind of like Hiru Turkoglu with a little bit more athleticism. There's probably some Danilo Gallinari in there. Maybe some Kelly Olenek. You know what I mean? Like, there's some mm -hmm. offensive versatility there. Could put the ball on the floor at his height. Could shoot threes. Could play make. You have questions about his defense. Uh, he's in an environment where, you know, if he can't play defense, they'll figure out what to do with him. One, two key awards. The ABA League Top Prospect Award winner for 2022. This was award won by Dario Saric in 2014 and Nikola Jokic in 2015. Mm -hmm. And also Jonah Bolden in 2017. So some good mm -hmm. names there and also got awards i mean got recognition in the nba gm survey before last season before he even won that award for best international player not in the nba he was like on other like fifth or sixth or something like that on others receiving votes this kid is going to be pretty good and i think he's in the perfect environment for him i'm shocked that they kept the pick because i thought they were going to trade out preserve some money because they asked some things they're going to do but I thought the Knicks could have even got somebody like him. But, but here's the thing, though. That, that ties into exactly what you said. You just hit the nail on the head, Brian. He's in the perfect environment for him to do that. New York ain't no perfect environment for him to do that. Because, I, again, my question is, what is your player development plan and program? Please, can someone tell me? Because like, I don't know. Because I, I, I know what the I, Miami Heat is. Like, they brag about it all the time. It's, like, like, culture. Like, it's a little weird. It's a little weird. But like when you when you when you see him, because it's a, it was a pick out of left field. Like they don't they usually don't draft guys like no that, right? no. It was not but, out of left field. But, that's where that's where you're wrong. It was not out of okay, left field. Okay, yeah. But it here's was the thing. Absolutely not out of left field. They, they you know picked this. him. They picked him, and it's like, oh, you can see. Like you could see him playing next to Bam in two but years. But Brian, the reason why you're feeling that way is because you know he's going to a place, hashtag heat culture, that 
it's either if he don't make it, it ain't going to be because they didn't try to help him make it. It's going to be because he doesn't want it. And in talking about and in talking about guys addressing the media, Pat Riley basically said after the fact, like we didn't love any of the deals we were offered and we decided to take the guy with the best upside. I will say this (laughs) before we close. You talked about him helping in two years. No, 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 sir. He will be helping next year. The Miami <laughs> Heat need help on offense. He can help them on offense. Probably. He will help them on offense. And I will go out on a limb and say this. He will be mentioned in the rookie of the year race. Wow. I'm going to go out and say that. He Book is it. going to people are going to be mad they passed on him. Dex, I'm are going you to say saying that. you are yes. a believer in hashtag heat culture. Is that what you are saying on this here podcast? Have we come around to the <laughs> point where you are, you know what? I've been trying to, no. I've been trying to subdivision no, all along. No, I got to get him You know how you stay on brand with the Celtics? Uh-huh. I'm going to stay on brand with this. <laughs> They made rotation players out of Max Struess and Gabe Vincent. I'm, no, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm obviously, I'm gonna, obviously, obviously joking, but yeah, no, yeah, the yeah. Heat, the Heat do a, a tremendous job with their culture, and like, no, I, I respect the way they pick and they target players, and they're gonna look at who fits. And Riley's no, Riley is no dummy. <laughs> okay, yeah, Yo, Jovich will have an impact on that team. I'm, yeah. I'm not saying how good he will be. But I'd be shocked if he's not getting minutes and helping them offensively because the Heat, they need some help offensively. They're tough to watch. He might not be in the play in ro- uh, playoff rotation, but he might not be in the playoff rotation. But oh, he'll help in the regular season. season. Yeah, yeah, he'll help sure. in the regular for season sure. for, for now because sure. he's a rookie. Gerard, and he's your type of dude. Like, again, 6'11", could put the ball <laughs> on the floor, could pass, could shoot. Like, he, I'm telling you. You well, watch some listen. of his stuff, you'll be like, you'll be intrigued. Uh, uh, right. You act like I haven't seen tape. I, I already seen tape. <laughs> You know yeah. my basketball love language. Yeah. Tall yeah. dudes you can shoot and put the ball yeah. on the floor. Yeah, so and he, yes, and, thumbs up. Yeah, he goes, thumbs up. All right, we got to get out of here. Murph and I got to go pick up kids from <laughs> camp and school and stuff like that. Uh, we got to do that. Uh, thanks, everybody, for watching and listening. Appreciate it. Hope y'all enjoyed the NBA draft coverage. We didn't even get to winners or losers. We didn't even get to how Gerard was excited about his Memphis Grizzlies and then yeah, adding, we could, some, we could adding some people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But listen. We are probably going to do a show for you guys next week. Free agency starts. We'll probably do something where all of us talk about that. And then at some point shortly after free agency starts, I'll be probably pissed off with the Knicks not having a plan. So that's what we'll probably see. You know, that's probably going to happen. Kyrie might get moved. That might happen. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. We, we'll <laughs> talk about that another time. I know Murphy's going to have a lot to say. Keep him in Brooklyn <laughs> and set him to the Lakers. I just yeah. I don't want to see anything else. We should we should see that. Here's Brian Fonseca. I'm Dex Henry. Thanks to our guests, Gerard Hector, Jamal Murphy. Appreciate y'all. Until next time, y'all. Peace. <laughs>